This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is a podcast brought to you by Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, podcast listeners. I hope you are doing well. Kellen, it's good to be with you on another episode of Empty Pews. Yeah, you too, Bentley. Um, what are you chewing on? You got something in your hands? I've got a book in my hands. It's um, The Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. A light read. A light read, yes. Um, and I was thinking about Advent, the yes. season that we now find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about that collect from the fourth Sunday of Advent, which we have the sort of option to pray every Sunday before worship um, when in the vesting room. Uh, maybe you could pull it up. I know it's not for this week, but it's a, a really beautiful, beautiful prayer. All right, Kellen, I think I've got the collect. I found it. It says, uh, Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And you're right uh, in the prayers that we say in our sacristy here at the Church of the Incarnation. Um, we, we end those prayers together with this collect. Why do we do that? Uh, I think we do that in some ways. I mean, I'm just making this up on the spot. Uh, because every Eucharist um, as, as an advent of sorts, as we kind of prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ in the form of bread and wine. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. I just, I think um, it's such a beautiful prayer. And um, I'm thinking about um, having a mansion inside of us. Um, And St. Teresa doesn't call it a mansion, but a castle. And I thought we could maybe just reflect on some of her words. Perfect. She says, It came to me that the soul is like a castle made exclusively of diamond or some other very clear crystal. In this castle are a multitude of dwellings, just as in heaven there are many mansions. If we muse on this deeply, friends, we will see that the soul of a righteous person is none other than a garden in which the beloved takes great delight. Let's get back to the mansion of many dwellings. Don't picture these dwellings as arranged in a row, one after the other. Instead, turn your eyes to the center, which is the part of the palace where the king lives. Imagine a palmetto fruit. Layer upon layer, it must be peeled away to reach the tasty part in the middle. So it is with the interior castle. Many rooms surround the central chamber. Always visualize your soul as vast, spacious, and plentiful. This amplitude is impossible to exaggerate. The soul's capacity far transcends our imagining. The sun at the center of this place radiates to every part. It is very important for any soul who practices prayer, whether a little or a lot, not to limit herself or hold herself back in a designated corner. Since God has given her such dignity, let her roam freely through all the dwellings. 
above, below, and to each side. Thanks, Kellen. Um, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. I think it's very Advent appropriate when we ask, you know, Christ to come and dwell within us. Um, that's one coming that we always hope um, will happen during Advent and that Christ will be born again in us at Christmas time. Yeah, what jumped out to me, I mean, there, there's a whole lot, obviously, um, to think about a ton. Um, but it, the words about kind of our souls being like gardens and thinking about Christ being a gardener in Eden and uh, cultivating in us the fruits of his grace, um, that resonated with me. More than the, the rooms. <laughs> the rooms also. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're... You prefer the garden metaphor for the soul. Well, we're... Um, They're related, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's like the castle's got a garden and uh, rooms and all of it. Yeah, the idea of like sort of a really lush, verdant um, interior place, I think, is compelling. I also just like the way that she talks about the interior life. She uses the language of soul, right, which I think a lot of us might um, not use in our <laughs> regular um, daily uh, conversations. But uh, there's this, like, just complete, beautiful awareness that there is a deep place within us that we can go um, that is not visible but is invisible to our eyes. Um, But it is where Christ meets us. Um, I wonder how many folks realize, right, like that there could be a garden living inside of them or a a mansion or a castle made of crystal that there's so much to explore. I mean, I love her, you know, you can't uh, over overestimate the amount of spaciousness or vastness to your interior life. Like there will always be more um, room there than you can ever know. I might be getting off track a bit, but I haven't mind uh, Botticelli's Annunciation, the painting of that. And Mary is standing in this spacious, beautiful room. And the thinking at the time was that the space that that she's standing in is reflective of what's going on inside of her soul, Hmm. right? That she has um, space. Yeah, it looks like a mansion that she's sort of, yeah, um, living in. Right. Which I had never... Uh, thought about but of course like the mary of history was probably not in a mansion right she's probably very poor (laughs) right and 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 the artist botticelli knows this but decides to kind of reflect what's going on on the inside on the outside Mm, that's beautiful yeah so one of the questions that that presents to me is if you were to paint yourself um like botticelli does uh, what, what kind of room would you be standing in in the moment? And of course, Advent is a time to imagine, to picture something more expansive than whatever we're standing in right now. And maybe you don't even know like how to answer that question right now. Like what, <laughs> what does my interior life look like? 
uh, how do I access it? Um, how do I enter this castle? Right. And of course, St. Teresa would have wonderful things to say to us about that, but I won't read you anymore um, <laughs> from her, her book. Uh, I'll save you all from that. But she does speak about prayer, right? Like that's her her main piece of advice in order to enter the castle of your soul. Um, praying out loud and silently, contemplation. Um, and sometimes it might be hard to know how to begin that work. I think one of the biggest hurdles for us related to a life of prayer is thinking that you know we're not the kind of people who really have a mansion inside, a place to kind of welcome Christ into our lives in the ways that Teresa of Avila outlines. So the first hurdle, I think, uh, to, to prayer is to kind of recognize exactly what she's telling us is that we have in our very being space for God to dwell. And you don't have to be a saint for that to be true. Um, God is deeply interested in your life and spending time with you. Um, and that's maybe step one, is just to be um, comfortable with the idea that God would want to spend time with you, with us. It's quiet In this house upon the hill You won't mind it some things you can't know till you're still in the silence Lay your spinning thoughts slow down in the stillness Things have a way of working out Allow me to introduce myself it's not quite uh, the fourth Sunday of Advent yet, we have a very different gospel text than um, the themes that we were just speaking about. We have um, an introduction to John the Baptist in the wilderness, um, preaching repentance, and um, we have that famous description of him wearing clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt and his food was locusts and wild honey and um, when the Pharisees and Sadducees came out looking um, for baptism he calls them you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come 
So it's intense. Um, he's hanging out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. Um, and we get to contemplate who he is um, for us in this Advent season. You're preaching this Sunday, Bentley. What's on your heart? Kellen, there's a lot in all of this. I think sometimes in kind of a bit of a reaction, we can dismiss John the Baptist because he sounds a bit preachy, uh, but he's preaching to a group of people a word of hope and a word of promise that the kingdom of heaven has come near, uh, that God is at hand, and that there's some things that we might want to do, in fact, need to do, in order to receive uh, Christ when he comes. And what he says to us is to repent. Um, And in fact, according to Matthew, people do. Uh, We hear that folks from kind of all over the place make their way out into the desert uh, to confess their sins. I I suspect um, that there's something here for us to learn, um, that being clear about the ways in which we need to repent are essential if we want to kind of make room um, pre- to prepare a way for the Lord. I think, I think that's what John's telling us, um, is that turning around and um, asking for forgiveness is a way uh, to make space for Christ to come into our, into our lives. I might foolishly be trying to, you know, connect our two segments of the podcast. Um, But I'm thinking about, you know, preparing a house, a mansion for for a guest, for an important guest, and how um, you might want to dust a little bit (laughs) or get rid of... um, some of the clutter in there and um, not that Christ won't come anyway because I think I think Jesus will um, but there is uh, a benefit to us when we do some preparatory work I think um, I'm trying to name that benefit or that blessing even like how like confessing your sins, um, sort of practicing detachment from worldly goods, idols, whatever, whatever it is. Um, how does that make room for Christ? Kellen, in this instance, I think what we see with John the Baptist is a great deal of humility. Um, He says that he's unworthy to carry Christ's sandals. Admitting that we're not perfect, recognizing the kind of dust in our lives, I think is one step towards admitting that we're not God. So that when God does show up, uh, we can recognize him and kind of get out of the way, as it were, to kind of be humbled uh, so that 
we would see him because I think you're certainly right that he'll show up anyway. In scripture, there, there are examples of Christ walking next to people, um, being close by and people not recognizing him. And I think part of the work of Advent is to find some humility uh, so that we can see a bit more clearly that Christ is at hand, is kind of come near. And draw near to me for I Here's a prayer from the beginning of Reconciliation of a Penitent. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. In your great compassion, blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions only too well, and my sin is ever before me. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one, have mercy upon us. Pray for me, a sinner. What a gift it's been to be on this podcast with you, Kellen, and uh, with those of you listening. Um, a number of opportunities to uh, grow and keep watch this season of Advent here at the Church of the Incarnation. On Wednesday nights at 5.30, we have a service of light and Holy Eucharist in the chapel, followed by a simple supper in Jones Hall. Uh, we also invite you to join us for our Bible studies at 10.30 on Tuesdays and our education hour at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Oh, and mark your calendars for December 18, which um, is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're doing a special service of lessons and carols. I think this is a first for us here at Incarnation. Bring your friends, uh, bring your family, bring a neighbor, bring whoever, bring yourself for sure. In the meantime, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace. Peace.